Hey everybody, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. And we're live. Whoa. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm here with Clay Mills in the Songtown studio. And once again today, we are going to surprise each other. Is my surprise for Clay. Oh. Uh, so Clay, I've got a topic for us today. I want us to talk about toxic things we've seen happen in co-writes. So toxic co-writing situations that have come up. Hmm. I'm going to have to go back on this one because pretty much for you and I, most of the time when we co-write these days, we're co-writing with other professionals. Um, or if it's someone like that's coming up through Songtown that wins a co-write in one of our classes or something, they, they've kind of, they've heard us talk about co-writing. They've kind of know the ropes you know, and yeah. so it, I have to go back to oh some early days to, you know, and I could probably say I'm guilty of a lot of those things. Um, I, I would say not being aware for me of, of the room and, and not paying attention, like having an idea that I really had to write and I wasn't listening to the other people in the room and wanting it my way or the highway. I could say probably when I first started co-writing, because you're kind of insecure, you know? So I, yeah. I think a lot of people, when they, they first start co-writing, they, they're easily agitated. They get mad if somebody doesn't like their idea. I mean, it could just turn into a nightmare, you know? And, yeah. and so I, I think pretty much... Just not reading the room, I think that's that's a big thing um, for me. I, I don't like to see people come in and just kind of try to railroad everybody into writing the song that they wanted exactly like they have it. I, my my philosophy is if you if you're that kind of person and you're showing up that day, just go write the freaking song yourself. You don't need co-writers, you know. And I think a lot of people approach co-writing. Some of them will even tell you, well, I don't co-write because I can write a song by myself. Well, that's true. Anyone can write a song by themselves. Right. You know, but but when you're co-writing, it's a back and forth, it's a collaboration, and you're trying to find the best song in the room and the sum of all the parts. So if there's three writers in the room, you're trying to come up with something better than one writer in the room could do. You're trying to put those three brains together, those three hearts together, and make something that's going to be bigger than than the individual parts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one thing I would throw in there, too, is it's okay to say when you're writing, hey, I think we can beat this line. But I've been in co-writes where that's all one of the people in the co-write did. <laughs> Like yeah. they, they didn't contribute anything. They just all day long were saying, Hey, I think we can beat that. I think we can beat that and not really contributing. So I think, you know, if you're going to say things like that, you need to be really willing to put in the work to make sure that you're trying to beat it. You know, right. it, it, it's kind of a, it, it's usually not your line that you're talking about you know, or, or you wouldn't have thrown out the line if you thought you could beat that line, you know? So it's usually somebody else's line and it can really come across as you're being really critical of, um, the, the other person in the room or one, one of the other people. Yeah. You know, there's, 
There, there's even a, a songwriter, I think you and I have both written with this person that um, was kind of a famous artist for a while. And he was kind of famous for never finishing a song, you know, because nothing was ever, nothing was ever good enough. You'd get halfway through a song and it would just be, I, I just don't, I'm just not digging this anymore. And it just, you know, everything had to be so good that he pretty much you know, wrote himself out of a career, I think, because it, it's hard to, to release material when nothing is ever good enough in your eyes, you know? So yeah. I, I think that could be another toxic trait of trying so hard to be perfect. As um, one of our favorite songwriters said, you can't, you know, Tom Douglas is famous for this quote, you can't write a great song trying to write a great song. And so the, the idea is not to write a perfect or a great song. The idea is to write the song in the room, to to give it your best that day and try to move people. Um, and, and I think that perfection is probably another toxic trait. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something else I thought of, too, was, it, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying a while ago about reading the room, but not not paying attention to where the creativity in the room is coming from. It, it, it's kind of like you've used this example before, but it's like if you're playing basketball and one person just can't miss and you never throw them the ball, yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. So if when you're in a co-write, if, if creativity is flowing, don't feel like you need to interject and interrupt it. You know, there's plenty of times right. where I just shut up. And I let my co-writer go. If they're if they're on a roll, I'm just trying to record it. I'm typing what they're saying, and, and you know I don't feel like oh no, they're thinking Marty's not doing anything. You know I, I just wait until they get to a stopping point, and then we I jump back into the discussion. So I think you know it's really important to pay attention to where the creativity is coming from, where that creative flow is going, and how you can help it along, but also how you can not get in the way of it. Yeah. That's something important to pay attention to. You, you said a good thing, you know, that triggered a memory for me, kind of a painful memory. But the first time I was in a situation where I was writing with a world-class songwriter early in my career, and I showed up and I, I would throw out a line and, and they never responded and I just kept, it, it, it's easy to turn on yourself and go, gosh, you're, that person's going to think you're not a good writer. That person's going to think you're an idiot. You know, why did you throw out that stupid line? And, you know, I think it's so easy to sabotage yourself in a co-write. Um, you know, another time I, I got an opportunity to write with a young artist who had a record deal in Warner Brothers, 12-year-old artist, and I show up. And my, the first instinct in my head was going, well, wow, I'm in my 30s. This person's not even going to be able to relate to me at 12. But I, by that time, I had learned enough to go, okay, you can't listen to those negative voices. We all have them. So I was able to shut it off and wrote a great song with her that she loved. Um, but early on in my career, you know, I would have had that toxic trait of giving in to those voices and, and when you said that, it just kind of took me back to a painful memory I had of, of 
sitting there with this, oh, I mean, legendary writer just feeling like a complete idiot. Like, I don't deserve to be in the room. Um, but sometimes when you start out, you know, and you're thrown in those situations, it was a lesson I had to learn. Um, and it, it going through that painful experience taught me um, that, you know, uh, and, and when I looked at it a few years later, I was having the hits and that person wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. so things go in cycles um, and, and you just you got to believe in yourself and turn off those negative voices. My first publisher told me one time, and I thought this was great advice, but he said, if, if you don't think you deserve to be in that room, don't be in that room. Yeah. And, and his point was, if, if you're going to go into that room and just be saying, oh, that's awesome all day and kind of being a cheerleader for the person that you really admire or respect, you're not going to really contribute to the song. And the, by the same token, if you're in the room with a 12 year old and, and you're looking at it like, well, what do they have to say? You know, right. then, then you're probably not going to have a productive day. So I, I think it's really important in every single room that you get yourself into to have respect for the other people, to have the expectation that something great could come out of this room that I, that I don't even see coming or understand but just to to make sure that there's not a boss in the room and there's not a servant in the room, you know, that there's kind of this weird dynamic because that could be really toxic and, and really kill creativity and, and can hurt feelings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, how many times, Marty, it's so important when you say don't be the boss in the room, because how many times have we been asked to co-write with someone that maybe hasn't had success yet. And if we go in going, what am I doing here? This person, you know, I wrote a hit. This person doesn't have anything going on. If you have that kind of attitude, you're going to totally kill the creativity too. And I've seen people with that attitude. And I can't tell you how many times I have written with someone who never had a hit song, was up and coming, and they came up with a key line that like took the song to the next level. You know, I think yeah, you yeah. you had a story about writing with an engineer, and it was the first song he had ever written um, or co-write he had ever been involved with. I love that story that you used to tell. Yeah, he we got stuck on one line, and it took us an hour or over an hour to get that one line, and he finally threw out this line that was perfect, and it made our chorus and. We said, man, where'd you come up with that? And he pointed to a Walmart photo labs envelope and it said that on there. And he was like, well, I saw that and knew that it rhymed, but it just made that song. And we, we wound up getting that cut. So it was his first co-write. Um, he got cut on a major artist. You know, that one, one other thing I will say too, um, that I'll add to the discussions. I was in a co-write one time and this is in our book on co-writing, uh, I was in this co-writing and I said some line about Cinderella and my co-writer screamed bloody murder and started launching into me about how I should never say that word again in her presence. And it just killed. I mean, eventually (laughs) I got mad. I'd handled it poorly. She got mad and left and we just ditched the whole song and ditched the whole co-write and that kind of stuff. You know, so I think it's important to not, be the kind of person who puts limitations on your co-writers of like, well, here's, here's things you can't say, 
you know, if somebody says something that makes you uncomfortable, it's, it's fine to have a discussion about it, but it's not right. fine to forbid them from saying that word and scream at them and, and that kind of stuff. You know, I think. So she just had a, a problem. She had a problem with the word Cinderella, like a, um, it was emotionally traumatizing to her or something. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yep. So, so you just made a per, you made it a, your point to say it a few times to see what would happen. Uh, I did because <laughs> I was immature and I handled it poorly. Yes. While we're, while we're on this topic, my, my last discussion I was going to have on this was to have some true confession time. So I, I want each of us to share something toxic. We have been guilty of in co-writes and I'll, I'll share one in other, other than that one about like basically running her out of the room. You know, I think early in my career, I I really felt like um, I had to bring the idea that we were going to write. And and looking back, I see that I passed up a lot of great ideas from my co-writers because I was too pushy for mine. I, I think it gave me more confidence to write mine because I had already thought about them. I, I had given some thought to where they would go. And when my co-writers were throwing out ideas, it was like just cold, you know, hitting me cold. And I, and I felt, Oh no, what am I, you know, how are we going to write that one and that kind of stuff. But I think I really pushed too hard in a lot of instances to, to get my idea uh, to be the one we wrote that day. What about you? Um, you know, I, I've been thinking about this since you first brought this up and I think early on in my career, I wrote with someone, and the songs were okay. Um, they they weren't particularly great songs, but they helped me open some doors in Nashville to get my first publishing deal. And after I got the publishing deal, I was so busy writing with the people that EMI was hooking me up with, I kind of push that person aside. And so I kind of felt, always felt like, um, you know, there was something, I said the songs weren't great, but there was something there that helped me get a deal. So they obviously had something. Um, and so I always felt kind of bad. Maybe I should have um, reached out and tried to write some more with that person to see what had happened. Cause they had, you know, um, opened some doors with those songs. So I don't know. Just I think sometimes you think, oh, I'm I'm moving up in the world, and you know yeah. you can't forget the the what is it? You don't you got to dance with the one that brought you? And yeah. I think in that instance, I could have done that and I didn't. So that's probably one of the the regrets that I have looking back. But because I did regret that, um, I kind of made that a practice not to do that in the future. Like I. And I, I think that served me well, because if you burn a lot of bridges going up, then you don't really have any safety bridges there when you're coming down, too, you know? Yeah. And we all go up and down. All right. Let's awesome. talk about Sweetwater, the sweet, sweet, sweet company that that keeps getting me to buy recording equipment. I can't help that's, myself. That's but, right. But, but here's the thing, because I love to record music, I love to record gu guitars through amps and um, through great microphones. They keep me with the best stuff. They give me the best service. Um, 
because otherwise I could be out there on my own in the Wild West just buying gear that I have no business buying, and they keep me on the straight and narrow. So, Sweetwater, we thank you for sponsoring this today, and um, we, we're glad you're there. Absolutely. Check out the show notes. We've got uh, links to our books. We've got that one I mentioned on co-writing. We've got one on melody, one on lyric writing. And we've got a link to Songtown. We'd love you to check that out. And we'll see you next Tuesday.